Can't believe it's almost May at this right. Happy Wednesday, April 26th. We're back here with another fresh episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Do have a small update on the GM search. We're going to touch on that right after this drop, along with breaking down Ricard Raquel's season, how he proved me wrong for sure, and what I expect from him next season. And we have a whole lot more to get to in this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast coming up right after this. Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes, follow the show's Twitter at LOS for Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. You can download the Green Game Time app, create an account, and use code Lockin NHL for $20 off your first purchase. So we are back here for this Wednesday edition of the show. Do you have to start off? So 32 thoughts, Elliot Freeman and Jeff Merrick's podcast. It did drop this morning. As always, you know, they they, they recap every series, right? That's just how they do it. And you know, I like to see towards the end, like, oh, they have some newsy items. And sure enough, there was an update on the Penguins GM search. And when I looked at it, it said, Mark Bergevin to Pittsburgh, question mark. I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. It's going to be some rumor. It's going to annoy me. No, nope. I listened to it. And basically what Elliot is saying, and he's not reporting, he's just saying slash guessing, he thinks that there's a chance that the Penguins could um, potentially interview Mark Bergevin. He didn't say they will or said that he had heard it. He just said he wonders if they would. Um, basically, Ian's what that is. That is an agent. Okay, I probably I was about to squeeze this up. That is an agent giving something to a reporter and then they are talking about it. That is all it is. Elliot is helping out a friend in Mark Bergevin. He, he's guessing. That's that's all this is. You know, there's it's been crickets for the last 12 days at this point. Basically, we it's been almost two before weeks since the Penguins fired Ron Hexall, Chris Bryan, Brian Burke. We have really not heard that they've interviewed anyone. I personally do not see them going after Mark Bergervin for an interview or especially hiring him. I don't think that would make any sense. He's just an old head at this point. But you know, like I said, it's basically just an agent trying to put his client's name out there saying like, Hey, Elliot, you know, Mark's kind of maybe interested in this job. Could you put his name out there and see if the Penguins could maybe, you know, contact him stuff. That's all this is. I'm not really worried about it. None of you all should either. You know, my thoughts on Bergevin Eh, in Montreal, I don't really think he's that good of a general manager. Um, I I want someone fresh. He's a retread. I'm not interested in those, but wanted to show off the show talking about uh, that. That dropped down 32 thoughts and just give my overall um, opinion on it. Now, getting to the full segment here for Ricard Raquel's season in review. Wow, did he surprise me big time. You know, when, when he first signed that extension, I was someone who was against it a little bit. I, I You can go back and find my tweets on my Twitter. I even said, you know, that term, it's a bit much for me. What was it six years? The, the cap hit was whatever, but six years for him. Uh, I just, I don't know. I didn't know how he was going to play, especially even in that first year, but 
He showed right away that he was one of their team's best players this season. 28 goals, 60 points. They sure this was one of his best seasons um, of his of his career. This is the second highest point total that he's had in his career. The second, the only higher point total they had came in 2018 when he had 34 goals and 69 points. Goals-wise, this is the third most amount of goals that he has scored in a season. The first time he's gotten 28 since um, 2017-18 when he had 34, then the season before that, 2016-17, when he had 33. So he was very close to joining the 30-goal club. He was awesome for this team. He came over last year, played 19 games, 13 points in those games, got a little injured in the playoffs, but came back this year, had 60 points, 82 games. He was spectacular. Power play, even strength, wherever you put him, Malkin's line or Crosby's line, Honestly, even when you put him on the third line, and they tried that a lot with Mikhail Granlin when he came over, Drew O'Connor, he was, you know, just the main ingredient that let everything on that line cook. No, any, anything he touches, it just turns to perfection. And he was dynamite this season. Underlying numbers-wise, um, if I can find them here, played all 82 games a season, so another top six player that played all 82 games. When he was on the ice, the Penguins had almost 54% of the shot attempts. They also had 53% of the actual goals for, 69% of the expected goals, 55% of the scoring chances, 56% of the high-danger chances, and 57% of the high-danger goals for. Again, it did not matter what line he was on. He was getting positive results no matter what. I still prefer him to play with Sidney Crosby and Jake Ensel. Um, I think the three of them work great together. He does work decently with Malkin, but I think with Crosby, with how he sees the ice, how he's a, a great pure finisher on this team, I think he's the perfect line mate for Crosby and, of course, for Gensel as well. You know, a couple goals that really stood out to me. Um, that one against Minnesota where he just rocketed it past Marc-Andre Fleury was beautiful. That was when the Penguin season was really on the line after they lost to the Devils. I know they didn't make the playoffs, but that goal just fed him to the left circle. Bang! Right over the glove. Beautiful shot by Raquel. Um, you know, a couple other power play goals, especially against the Senators in that game in Ottawa, which was that crazy back and forth affair. He was electric from the left circle there as well. Um, honestly, you know, it's the Ovechkin spot, but it was also kind of the Raquel spot in a way this year where he was scoring a bunch of goals um, from the area. Again, I'm not comparing him to Alex Ovechkin, don't get me wrong. But, you know, he scored his fair share amount of goals from that spot. And, you know, it was just a, a real pleasure to watch him really blossom into the player that he, you know, used to be a few years ago because he had lost that part of his game these last couple of years with the Ducks. You know, playing on a bad team hurts you. It looked, I think um, Brian Burke talk, um, talked about in an interview how he had like some sort of like condition or something like that that was like really affecting him. I don't think it was like, um, anything like really bad or anything, but it was definitely something that was affecting him. And uh, Burke said that they, he was able to get past it. And, and he said, and, and since then, you know, he was playing at an elite level. And it's, yeah, I continue to be amazed at how Ron Hexon and Brian Burke were able to acquire him when they got almost everything else wrong. It, it boggles my mind. You know, it, it really does. They get that trade so right. You're like, oh my God, there actually looks like they're investing in looking at numbers and, you know, looking at, oh, this guy is a, a good candidate for a bounce back or not, not even a bounce back really, but just, oh, like getting his numbers back on track. Does that, 
you sign them, it's like, okay, maybe it was a little too much. Nope, they got that right, even the re-signing. Because you know, honestly, you know, when you think about it, who cares how long uh, Raquel is here for? He was just great this year. And as for next season, you know, if he can do this again, that'd be awesome. I would love another 30-30 season from him. You know, 28 goals, 32 assists. Again, you know, 30 goals, 30 assists, 35 assists, something like that. That's, you know, I know he's a little bit older now, but I have those expectations, especially if he's getting top line minutes with Sidney Crosby. I would also like to see the power play kind of run through him a little bit. They may That may sound weird of me to say. I get it. But I kind of want them to have, have the power play go through him like they did with Kessel. I'm not saying that like, oh, he's the next Phil Kessel on that power play. He's not. But I think he's the closest they can get to replicating that where Raquel has a booming shot from that left half wall. And even even he's not shooting there, he still has a beautiful passing ability, you know, know, back to the point, slot area, opposite side of the ring. He sees the ice so well in the offensive zone. I really do think it would be prudent for the Penguins to have the power play go through him a la Kessel there. Because remember, you know, when when the Penguins power play was really, really good, good, you know, 2016, 2017, 2018, even the year after that, it was running through Kessel because you had to account for his shot and you had to account for his passing ability. And I want to see the Penguins do that when it comes to Ke- when it comes to Raquel here. But he was awesome this year, A plus season in my book. I don't know where the Penguins would be um, without him. You no, know, he's found a home here. He signed for a long time. I expect him to play with Sidney Crosby for most of next season. And even if he's not for a few games and he goes down to Malkin's line or goes down to the third line and plays with whoever, it's still going to be fine because, again, any line he touches, it turns to gold. Because, heck, you know, I was – I was when when, he, when they dropped him to the third line, they moved Rust up and they had someone else on Malkin's line. Had, they had Nylander then, remember, and they bumped Raquel there down to the third line. I was like, wait, that doesn't make any sense because, like, is he really going to get that much out of Grandland? Funny enough, the one goal Grandland scored – who was his right winger? Raquel. It was. <laughs> he he factored in on multiple goals during that game on that line with Granlin and O'Connor. Any line you could put him on, it'll work. So really thrilled with how he played A plus grade. That wraps up this segment with my player season review. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to get into a couple more news that I would make as the mock, as the Penguins mock general manager this summer. And then to end the show. I have a couple of things regarding the Stanley Cup playoffs as we keep chugging along here. But before we get into that, we do have to discuss game time, as I alluded to earlier on in the show. Game time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. So get planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. You can get images of your seat also right before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and boom, you're set. They're also sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Right now, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, you can create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, 
Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes, all the shows, Twitter, LRSR Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen today. We're free and available on all platforms. Just checking to make sure I'm recording this uh, around 9 30, 10 o'clock. This Bruins game is about going to overtime. And wow, Brad Marshand almost, uh, wow, he almost won that at the end. <laughs> we almost had a buzzer beater uh, to end that uh, series against the Panthers. If I were, if Panther, if I were a Panthers fan, I would have almost crapped my pants. I would have been scared out of my scared out of my mind. But getting back into my mock GM, if I were the Penguins GM, what I would do. Um, another, so we did yesterday buy out Macau Granlin. We um, offer sheet slash trade for Jeremy Swayman's rights. He's a slam dunk in my opinion. Next up, you know, I've been beating this drum. You have to go out there and get a left shot D. It is one of the biggest needs for the Penguins going into free agency, going into the draft. They need to get someone to either A, play with Chris Tang, or B, play with Jeff Petrie. You can move Pedersen up to play with Latang. I think that would work. In a perfect world, though, at least in my opinion, I would rather have someone else come from the outside to pair with Latang because, you know, Brian Dumoulin, I don't think is going to come back, nor should he. It does not make any sense, people. Um, so, with that being said, I know I will look to Calgary. You know, I think they're going to make a lot of changes this offseason. They have a lot of defensemen I think they're going to put on the market. I would personally go and trade for Noah Hannafin. His contract is not that bad right now. I believe he has one more year left on that deal um, with, I believe it's it's, it's actually not that much money, but England will be able to afford this. Um, under, yeah, so one more year left, modify no trade clause, 4.95 million right now. The Penguins have 20 million in salary cap space that can go up to 24 with the Macau Grandland buyout. Under my mock GM offseason, that will be happening. So 24 million. You can easily fit this under there and maybe not even ask Calgary to eat salary. Is it a one-year rental in a way? Yes, but there's also potential that he could resign after the season. Another good part is you're not getting him for just 20 or 25 games. You're getting him for a full 82-game season, hopefully a big long run in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And he can be that long-term answer if you want to resign him next to Chris Letang. He has more offensive capabilities than Dumoulin does. He's good defensively. He is the full package as a left shot D. I would be all over trading for that. I would give up, you know, I would even give up a first-round pick top prospect, roster player, I would give up a, quite a bit to go get him. Because again, I do think the Flames are going to make changes. He will be one of my first calls. If you can't go out and get Hannafin and you want to look to you know, the free agent market, it's it's not the best. I will say that. Not the best, as Louis Domingue once said. There is one option, though, I will say. If, if they do want, if, if I were to go the free agent route as the GM, I would very much look to sign Dimitri Orlov. Is he 31 years old? Yes. That is a little concerning. I get it. He's making $5.1 million on this contract. He's probably going to want to raise. He's probably going to want a long-term deal. I honestly, just after I kind of look like a fool with the Ricardo-Raquel deal, I probably wouldn't care if they gave Orlov a four- to five-year term. And, wow, Matthew Kachuk just, wow, he just won the game for Florida in overtime, and this will be going back to Sunrise for the six games. So that talks, wow, that's interesting. So Matthew Kachuk, he is still doing his thing. I don't know, wow, I don't know what uh, Linus Allmark was doing there. But anyways, uh, getting back to what I was saying, Orlov, good, another very good left shot D, booming shot from the point, also has good defensive metrics. I never really took him that serious when he was in Washington, especially his first couple of years there. But he really blossomed into a really good top four defenseman. He makes a ton of sense for me 
as a Doomer in the place replacement or even someone who can play with Petrie on the second pairing. Those are just two of the options that I'll be looking at, but definitely want a left shot D um, for this offseason. My second order of business, um, you have to go out and get a third line center, whether that's someone like Ryan O'Reilly, that's maybe a bit older. You know, I would still lean on the younger side. You have to go get a third line center. Jeff Carter cannot play that position anymore. You have to shift him down to the, to the fourth line. I would be trying all, I would be exploring all options when it comes to acquiring um, a third line center this offseason, whether it's via trade or free agency. So those are just two of like my mock, you know, two more of my mock, off-season moves I'll be looking for uh, looking for to improve the Penguins heading into next season. Honestly, one that jumps out right in my eyes. I may get some heat for saying this. I may not. Would anyone want Evan Rodriguez back as a third-line center? Just saying. Just said. Just putting that out there. Remember, had 20 goals of the Penguins. Slipped a little bit down the stretch, but had a really good playoffs. He's been playing really well for Colorado this year. He's not making too much money. No, he's he's really not. I'm just I just wanted to make sure that it's yeah. I had to make sure I had to make sure it was not a two year deal. I had it written down. I always like to double check. One, he was only making two million this year. I, I would be I would seriously if you want to go the free agent route. If I were GM, I would seriously consider bringing back Rodriguez because he was a sound fit for Mike Sullivan's system. I think he would be <clears throat> really good back here. Though there are better options, I'll say that, but. I'm just saying it's one to put in the back burner. And either way, though, they need a new third line center next year, one who can drive offense and one who can defend as well. So that does it for my uh, second uh, second segment here of this episode of my second segment overall with my mock GM offseason. We're going to continue that for the rest of this week and into next week. Coming up to end the show, we are going to discuss the Stanley Cup playoffs. As usual, what happened on Tuesday night, and then what just happened uh, just now with the Bruins and the Panthers series. That's all coming up right after this commercial break. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, at LO underscore Penguins. And wow, I am watching what Linus Allmark just did here. Wow, yeah, he just totally I apologize if you hear the audio a little bit for you listening, but uh Linus Allmark gave the puck away to Verhage, gives it to Kachuk, who just deeks around Allmark, puts it into a wide open net. No clue what he was doing there. Um, so that kicks off this final segment of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Game six, Friday night in sunrise. So the Panthers putting up a fight here. Um, and they were brutally outplayed, much like the Islanders. Um, both teams did not play well in their game fives, and yet they still come out with results. That's hockey, baby. I mean, <laughs> what do you expect at this point? You know, we'll have to see if those series go to, to game sevens, but, you know, some real strong fights there from the Islanders and the Panthers, especially after I kind of, you know, crapped on them a little bit uh, just a couple of days ago, and I said they were just a bunch of average teams. And, you know, they still kind of are, but, you know, I also think, you know, they got the result when both teams got the results when they probably didn't deserve them. They're Sorokin. He stood on his head on Tuesday night, and then tonight, Bobrovsky played really, really well. He was great for the Panthers. Um, we also saw Dallas, Minnesota. Dallas blows out the Wild in Game Five. They're up three games to two, going back to St. Paul. That's been a hell of a series. If Jake Ottinger can have another strong performance, I don't see how Minnesota can win that series. Um, 
We also have um, the Avalanche cracking the series. That's just, uh, that game five just started now. No Kel McCarr tonight, a one-game suspension. I personally don't know how McCarr only got one game. You give three games to Michael Bunting, and that was obviously a, a very warranted suspension, but you don't give the same to Kel McCarr where it was almost the same kind of hit. I don't know what we're doing here. Uh, but they're up a creek trying to win this game. No, no McCarr, no Landis Cog. We'll have to see how that goes. Islanders obviously again won on Tuesday night. That was a really, um, you know, more fun than some of the other games in the series. Sorokin just stood on his head. Games uh, series will go back to Long Island later this week. Rangers-Devils, that'll take place on Thursday. Maple Leafs-Lightning. The Leafs will have the chance to fully break the curse for the first time in basically 20 years on Thursday. Um, and uh, Edmonton really blew out L.A. On, on Tuesday night. They're up three games to two now. It looks like the Oilers have finally solved the Kings in this series. It looked like they were going to go down three games to one until Evander Kane saved their season in game four. Three minutes left, he scores the goal. And then in overtime, the Oilers win it thanks to Zach Hyman. And then they blow out the Oilers um, Tuesday night by a final score. Was it six to three? Um, that's been a really you know fun series to watch. And I think game six back in L.A. is going to be <laughs> – a lot of fun as well. You know, not a lot of short series so far, Yens. No, 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 no. A lot of these series going six, seven games. There's a chance tomorrow that we could see one end in five games that the Maple Leafs are able to beat the Lightning. But, you know, for the first time in quite a while, we might not have any series end in even five games. If my memory is serving me right here in Minnesota, Dallas. Well, the Vegas series might. Game five is back um, in Vegas. Vegas is up three games to one. They beat Winnipeg in game four. Um, we'll have to see um, if the Knights are able to win that series. But you know, it looks like right now that and Maple Leaf series, those are the only two that could end in five. If not, though, you know, every series is going to go six to seven games, which is which is good. You know, I mean, you know, I don't think it's fun. Usually, you know, when you see a lot of blowouts um, in playoff series, it's good when these get extended. Um, bad for the team trying to win it because, you know, I always I die on the hill that you need a short series if you want to win a Stanley Cup. You have to have, remember the Penguins, you know, all three of their Stanley Cup runs in this era, in this era, 2009, you know, semi short not even a short series against Flyers. They've won in six, Capital seven. They sweep away the Hurricanes. That's the big one there. Needed a break. 2016, they take the Rangers out in five games. 2017, Blue Jackets, out in five games. You need those short kind of series if you are to go on a run. And maybe it doesn't happen in the first round for one of these teams. Probably happens in the second or maybe the conference finals. But if you want to win a Stanley Cup in this league, you need to have a short series. And it looks like right now, unless the Leafs or the Knights are able to pull it off, um, we may not have any um, short series in the first round. But yeah, I have no idea what Linus Allmark was doing there. That was just ridiculous. The Bruins were in a prime position to win that game. Um, they outshot the Panthers 47 to 25. That's hockey, baby. <laughs> that is hockey. <laughs> um, but that will do it for this episode, though, of the Lockdown Penguins podcast with another little playoff update for you all. It's been, again, it's been so much fun watching these series. I'm having a blast. I like talking about them on my show. Um, I'm not going to be doing like this sort of format for every episode, you know, throughout the next couple of months. Trust me. I know it'll probably get boring for a lot of you. I will be changing it up, but right now I, I, I like how it's going. 
You know, if you personally want me to touch on other aspects relating to the team, let me know as I'm doing, you know, the mock uh, draft series and the season player season review series. I have other things up my sleeve coming up soon as well. Obviously, the GM stuff coming, but if you have a topic you you would like me to discuss, leave it in the comments down below. You can also DM me um, on social media and all that stuff. But again, thank you all so much for listening slash watching. I really appreciate it. We'll be back with another episode on Thursday.